Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through some league winning players. So these are guys that I think when you look back at the end of the season, they're going to be on a lot of winning rosters and it could be for a variety of reasons. You know, maybe they have a crazy ceiling. Maybe I think they're very safe options or maybe I just really love their value at their current ADP. So I'm gonna break down five different players that I think have league winning potential. While you guys are watching this video, if you enjoy the content, please just make sure you leave a like or subscribe to the channel. Then also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Do you agree with me that these guys have league winning potential or do you have some other guys that you think fall into this category? Let me know down below and I'll respond to everyone who comments. But let's get right into the video, starting with the first guy with league winning potential, and that is Kyler Murray. I have him as my quarterback two in my rankings behind Patrick Mahomes, but I think he could very easily finish as the top overall quarterback in 2021. His 2020 fantasy football season was wildly underrated. He was the quarterback five in points per game, and that's if you're including Dak's five game sample size in there. If you're not, you know, you're saying he didn't play enough games then Kyler would have been the QB4, but that really doesn't tell the whole story. Kyler Murray went out and injured his shoulder in week 11, but before this injury, in nine total games, Kyler was averaging 29.3 points per game. That is a higher points per game average than Lamar Jackson had in 2019. And I mean, we all remember how insane that season was. So he was on pace to be the best fantasy football quarterback of all time. And keep in mind that that was only Kyler Murray's second NFL season. So I still think he's going to continue to grow and improve as a player. And also going into 2021, the Cardinals went out and improved their weapons. They added AJ Green and Rondell Moore. So that's just another thing going in Kyler Murray's favor. With Murray's ADP currently settling at around the mid fifth round, if you can get him at this ADP or later, I really do not think you're going to be disappointed. And when we're looking back at this year, I just think he is going to be the quarterback of a lot of these championship winning teams. The next guy I'm going to talk about is Mike Davis, and he is not a league winner in the same way as Kyler Murray. You know, he doesn't have that same crazy upside that I talked about with Kyler, but I do think he is a very, very solid value at his current draft price. He's being drafted in the early sixth round, and with the scarcity at the running back position, this can really save your drafts. I'm someone who likes to go running backs early and often, and I've even found myself in some precarious situations. You know, if you have an early pick in the draft, maybe first or second pick, I mean, there's a legit possibility that none of those running backs you like fall to you in the second and third round. I mean, I've had drafts even at the third overall pick where I'm on the board and you have solid wide receiver options like Jefferson, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, but all of those running backs are gone. No CEH, no Najee, none of those guys are on the board. So then you're trying to pick like a DeAndre Swift or a Chris Carson in the early third. And I think you could do that with Carson, but I mean, I don't really like those other guys in that range. And then if you're looking at late fourth, I mean, a lot of those guys are going to be off the board. And then you're going through the first four rounds of the draft with one running back. And it really looks like your team could be in trouble. But then you have Mike Davis sitting there on the board, someone who's likely going to be the workhorse of their offense. And he's just going to give you a very solid floor if you need him as your RB2, or he's going to give you some nice depth at the running back position if he is your RB3. So I just don't think you're going to find the safety at the running back position this late in the draft. We know how thin the position is as a whole. I mean, all these guys keep going down. You know, at the beginning of the offseason, we looked like we had a lot of these top options. 
Then you have Cam Akers out for the year. J.K. Dobbins out. I was never really big on Travis Etienne, but he's out. So all these guys are just falling off the board. And typically the running backs that are being drafted in around five, six, or seven are normally not guys you want to invest in. But I totally think Mike Davis is the exception to that rule. And it also allows you to take some swings at other positions and you still have some security with Davis. Because if you want to go out, maybe go early tight end, maybe go early quarterback in the fifth round, you can do that and still snag a guy like Mike Davis in the sixth round. So he's definitely not someone that has that crazy upside, but he's a guy that I think can allow you to maximize value at other positions in the draft or just save your team overall because he is such a solid pick at the running back position. The third guy I'm going to talk about is another running back, but he's basically the opposite of Mike Davis. It is going to be Miles Gaskin, and he is obviously nowhere near as secure and safe as Mike Davis is, but his ceiling really just cannot be denied. Everyone wants to talk about like the ceilings of the other running backs in this range. You know, you've got Javante Williams, you have Trey Sermon. Everyone's saying, oh, if they take over the workhorse role, their ceiling is so high. First off with Javante Williams, that is just not true because Melvin Gordon had that role last year and it was not profitable. He finished as a low end RB2 in points per game. So I don't really know where that narrative came from. And then Trey Sermon, you know, hypothetically, yeah, if he became the workhorse of that Niners offense, he has legit RB1 upside. But the issue is the Niners just have not shown themselves to be willing to not run a committee. And he's not even being used as the number one. Mostert is still ahead of him on that depth chart. But a guy like Miles Gaskin, I think has legit ceiling because we have seen him finish as an RB1 in points per game. He did it last year and that was without him operating as the established running back until a few games into the season. And I also think Gaskin has a decent enough floor. You know, he's not super safe, but he does have a little bit of a floor with his seventh round ADP because he is the best pass catching back on that team. And it does seem like they definitely want to use him in the passing game, you know, at least Tua has checked down to him a ton in preseason, so I think he has that role locked up. But if he's able to go into the regular season and earn that workhorse role in this offense, I really think, like I mentioned, he does have RB1 potential this season. We saw it last year, plus this offense has improved. They're going to score more points, and he's also just more established with his role on this team. So Miles Gaskin, a very high upside guy that you're going to be able to get in the seventh round. For the last two players, I'm going to talk about some wide receivers. And the first one is going to be Antonio Brown. If you've been following this channel for a while, you know that I've been a major fan of Antonio Brown this entire offseason. I was someone who months ago was telling everyone that you need to go out and be drafting Antonio Brown in best ball because his ADP was between like pick 90 and pick 110. It was absurd how late he is going. I think his ADP is more realistic and appropriate in more sharper and competitive leagues. You've seen on underdog fantasy, you know, his ADP has really started to rise. I mean, probably 40 picks above what it was just a few months ago, but he is still going to be a value in less serious drafts. I was doing an ESPN draft recently, and he is an eighth round pick on ESPN's ADP. And when I'm looking at this Buccaneers team, he is easily my favorite value out of all of these Bucks weapons. You have Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown. They're all incredibly talented wide receivers, and I think they're all going to succeed this year and have very solid seasons. But two of them are going in rounds three and four, and those two are Evans and Godwin, where you have Antonio Brown going in the eighth round. So there's just so much value with that ADP. And when AB was on the field last season, he received more targets than Chris Godwin. He had the exact same amount of targets as Mike Evans, but he actually caught more passes 
than both of those players. And that was with him just walking into the building off the street. Now they have a full off season. He's been lighting it up in training camp. He's been getting in brawls, you know, doing all the Antonio Brown things. And so he's just one of my favorite wide receiver ADPs. He's not a guy that I think has some crazy ceiling. I'm not going to go out here and say that I think he can be a wide receiver one in points per game because I think that's highly, highly unlikely. But I just think he's a player that you're going to get such a value on that he's just going to be a key piece to your championship winning team. All right. So the last player I'm going to talk about on this list and the second wide receiver is Marquez Callaway. And even though he's come in, he's made a huge splash in training camp and in the first two preseason games, he is on everyone's radar but I still think he's going to be undervalued when it comes to draft day. He's being picked as a late ninth round pick in more competitive leagues. That's using underdog fantasy football, but he's going to go much later than that in, you know, family and friend leagues, just because they may have heard the name, but they're not really putting together how valuable he could be as a fantasy asset because there's just not that many players who have Marquez Callaway's upside being drafted at this ADP. He's going to be the wide receiver one of the Saints team to start off the season. And Callaway has gone out and proven that he is plenty talented and has a great connection with Winston. You know, this isn't really a situation where we're just kind of pushing a guy to be the wide receiver one by necessity. I mean, it is by necessity, but he's also gone out and shown that he has earned that role because, you know, that role could have just been given to Traquan Smith but he's been injured and Callaway has really stepped in and taken advantage of that. You know, worst case scenario, Callaway's only the wide receiver one for like three, four weeks. Michael Thomas has a quick recovery from his injury, but that's really just worst case scenario. We just do not know how long it's going to be before Thomas is back from this ankle surgery. And also we just don't really know what his relationship is like with the Saints. You know, if he's healthy, is he going to be ready to play right away? You know, is there going to be some more drama, all that stuff? We just don't know. So I think Callaway is just a great pick who has immediate wide receiver two upside that you're likely going to be able to select in the double digit rounds. So those are five players that I think can be league winners for your fantasy football teams this year. If you guys enjoyed the video, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. But that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you for stopping by. Make sure you guys stay tuned in the next few days. I'm going to be putting out my last set of rankings at each position and then my overall rankings as well. So look out for that. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.